Hello, this is Zandi Hicks. This podcast is called Bold, Brave, and Daring because, well, that's already inside of you. You can choose to be bold, brave, and daring every day of your life. And this podcast teaches you how to walk through life with God, Him showing you how to become bold, brave, and daring. This podcast is like letters from God Himself. So stay tuned because I know that He wants to speak right to you. Well, hey guys, so today is letter 30, almost at the end of the Screwtape Letters. So this letter starts with Wormwood talking about how his patient has been doing in the war. He says, he has been very frightened and thinks himself a great coward and therefore feels no pride, but he has done everything his duty demanded and perhaps a bit more. Against this disaster, all you can produce on the credit side is a burst of ill temper with a dog that tripped him up some excessive cigarette smoking, and the forgetting of prayer. So he's done his duty, even though he's been scared. And his only sins have been getting angry at a dog, smoking, and forgetting to pray once. But none of these sins can motivate the patient to darker vices. So Screwtape goes on and is mad at Wormwood about that. And then after he kind of reprimands him a little bit, He says that Wormwood's only good deceiving at this moment with the patient is feeding off his fatigue. So going on to talk about fatigue, it says, The only constructive passage in your letter is where you say that you still expect good results from the patient's fatigue. That is well enough, but it won't fall into your hands. Fatigue can produce extreme gentleness and quiet of mind and even something like vision. If you have often seen men led by it into anger, malice, and impatience, that is because those men have had efficient tempers. The paradoxical thing is that moderate fatigue is a better soil for peevishness than absolute exhaustion. This depends partially on physical causes, but partly on something else. It is not fatigue simply as such that produces the anger, but unexpected demands on a man already tired. Whatever men expect, they soon come to think that they have a right to. The sense of disappointment can, with a very little skill on our part, be turned into a sense of injury. It is after men have given in to the irredeemable, after they have despaired of relief and ceased to think even a half hour ahead, that the dangers of humbled and gentle weariness begin. So, what that's saying is, fatigue can influence us to have less willpower over vices and over temptations. When you're tired, it's easier to give in. But this is also saying that fatigue can lead to extreme gentleness, gentleness, quiet of mind, and vision. I mean, what it makes me think of is I remember as a kid asking my mom for something and her giving in and saying yes when she was tired. <laughs> that was the kind of fatigue that that makes me think of. Like a gentleness is like, yeah, sure, whatever you want to do because you're tired. <laughs> But then that paragraph also explained that fatigue combined with men who have tempers can produce anger, malice, and impatience, which Wormwood can use to tempt the patient. So unexpected demands on us when we're tired and disappointment can also be turned into giving in to the irredeemable. It goes on to say, to produce the best results from the patient's fatigue, therefore, you must feed him with false hopes. Put into his mind plausible reasons for believing that the air raid will not be repeated. Keep him comforting himself with the thought of how much he will enjoy his bed next night. Exaggerate the weariness by making him think it will soon be over, for men usually feel that a strain could have been endured 
no longer at the very moment when it is ending or when they think it is ending. So this is saying, produce in him false hope that the war will be over soon. He'll be home sleeping in his own bed. And then that last part is so true too, that we can endure something a little bit longer if we know that the ending is coming soon. It's just, it's producing false hope in the patient of thinking, I'm almost done. I'm almost home. This will be over soon. It keeps going and it talks about how fatigue in the patient's relationship with the young woman can also be used and it can cause resentment in the relationship because she's going to be talking a lot more and he'll be talking a lot less and then they'll secretly resent each other because when you're tired, it's producing those other emotions, he said, like anger. We have to be careful when we're tired what we say and how we think. I think about a mom being exhausted with a newborn or with toddlers or a growing family. It's so easy to get snippy with our family and with our spouse because we're tired. But most likely they're tired too. And our spouse, they deserve just as much grace as we do. Our brains may be fatigued, but I personally don't want resentment building up for years until one day I realize that the resentment has grown into like a giant wall between my spouse and I. That is a trap that I don't want to fall in, and I don't want you to fall in it either. So watch out for fatigue and make sure that you're still keeping up with how you speak and how your tone is and creating peace and creating space for grace. The last part of this letter is about attacking the patient's emotions. And this is in reference to the war, which we've been talking about World War II this whole time. And it takes a darker turn, but I'm going to explain it. I'm just warning you. When I read it, I was like, oh, that is graphic. It says on page 167, But there is a sort of attack on the emotions, which can still be tried. It turns on making him feel, when first he sees human remains splattered on a wall, that this is what the world is really like and that all his religion has been a fantasy. You will notice that we have got them completely fogged about the meaning of the word real. They tell each others, they tell each other of some great spiritual experience. And then in quotation marks it says, all that really happened was that you heard some music in a lighted building. Here, real means the bare physical facts separated from the other elements in the experience they actually had. On the other hand, they will also say, it's all very well discussing that high dive as you sit here in an armchair, but wait till you get up there and see what it's really like. Here, real is being used in the opposite sense to mean not the physical facts, but the emotional effect those facts will have on a human conscience. Either application of the word could be defended, but our business is to keep the two going at once so that the emotional value of the word real can be placed now on one side of the account, now on the other, as it happens to suit us. The general rule, which we have now pretty well established among them, is that in all experiences which can make them happier or better, only the physical facts are real, while the spiritual elements are subjective. So, that first part. We all know that seeing people die changes you. It changes your view on life. Most of the time, when we see something like that, we need help. We need therapy. We need recognition of what's real and what's not real. So that's what Screwtape is describing here. And Screwtape is telling Wormwood, make the patient believe that his religion 
isn't real, that that is subjective, and then that spirituality is a fantasy, and what's real is what's right in front of him. Convince him that pain is real. Convince him that hatred is real, but tell him that love is not real. It says, wars and poverty are really horrible. Peace and plenty are mere physical facts about which men happen to have certain sentiments. And a sentiment is an emotional feeling. So peace and plenty are emotional feelings, but what's real is war and poverty. We have to change that thought process. This is what the world is telling us is real. This is what the demons are telling us is real. What is God telling us is real? That's what we have to think of. That's what we have to live off of, not based on what the world tells us the right emotions are, but what God tells us the right emotions are. Love is real. We have to know that and experience it every day. Spirituality, having a relationship with God, is real. Hatred is an emotion that you allow yourself to get when you don't control your thoughts about someone or something. Love covers all. God is love and God lives in us so we can love. It's just a choice of choosing to control our thoughts and choosing to live in love and feel God's love, to ask him for more love, to believe that love is a true emotion. Pain happens to us, but it doesn't have to be our reality. Jesus suffered the worst pain of all, but even in his last moments before he died on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. The reason why he endured the pain is because he knew. He knew reality. He knew what true love was. What true love was to him was dying on the cross for us so that we could live with him forever. He died and then he rose three days later from the grave so that we could live forgiven, free, and have God with us and be filled with his spirit always. That's our reality. That's what's real. Don't let an illusion of death or if you've seen death and pain and suffering, don't let that be more real than love. Let love wash over you. Let it wash over any situation that you've been in. That is what's real. So this letter was definitely heavier and thinking about emotions and thinking about fatigue and how that affects our emotions. We just have to keep in check. We have to keep in check and know that we can live peacefully and we can live in love even when we're tired emotionally, physically, mentally. God made us to love. God is love and love is in us. That is letter 30, and tomorrow I will talk about letter 31, our last letter. Yay! <laughs> so yeah, I hope that you guys have a good day, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. Bold, Brave, and Daring is all about making you bold, brave, and daring. Like I say, because it's already inside of you, and God wants to show that to you. So if you have any questions... Please DM me, message me. I would love to hear your questions or about what God has done in your life. So let me know, comments, and I love you. And I hope that you have a wonderful week.